0: I.V.M. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafra Stories. India's very own travel podcast, where each week we discuss the story of travellers in their own words and relive their experiences with you, our listeners. Hi guys, I'm your host Saif and welcome to a brand new episode of The Musafir Stories. Before we get on with today's episode, a quick shout out to Sarat Nair, one of our avid listeners from Kerala. Do check out Sarat's Instagram handle called This guy was here for some brilliant countryside and portrait photography. Thank you, Sarath, for your continued support to the podcast. As for today's episode, we take you back to the mountains with our guest, Saurabh from Mumbai. Saurabh authors the blog, A Season of Mountains, where he has extensively written about his experience trekking in the Sahyadris or the Western Ghats. So sit back and enjoy as we find out where Saurabh is taking us to today. So with that introduction, I'd like to welcome Saurabh from the blog, A Season of Mountains. Saurabh, thank you so much for being a part of the Musafir Stories and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me on the show. I've been following your podcast since last year and I enjoy listening to them.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. It is our pleasure, Sarab, to have you and we're really, really looking forward to the conversation. But uh, before that, the introduction I gave about you is quite concise. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about you, your blogging journey and how your blog, uh, Season of Mountains, started.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm based in Mumbai and my blogging journey started actually two years back, but the travel bug bit me a long time before that. Okay. Uh, uh, it's actually the imaginary travel bug because I was enamored with the mountains because of uh, stories of Ruskin Bond. Oh, okay.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, actually that's pretty weird for a lot of people because uh, we had a story in our school about mountains. It's a cherry tree was the name of the story and that's how I got, I got enamored by the mountains.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And uh, it was in 2011 that I went for my first trick. A little while later, Mm-hmm. We started tracking regularly, but then I found out that when I wanted to look up certain info, it was not there okay. uh, on certain trek blocks. So I started uh, thinking, why should not I start one myself and put all that info, which I did not find on other blocks, on my blog. Mm-hmm. And that's how A Season of Mountains was born in 2016. Okay. And it's been two years and about 40, 45 treks. And here we are.
0: Awesome. That's a lovely story and I love the romance that your love for the mountains was actually started by Ruskin Bond in the story. So that's awesome. And we look forward to reading more about the stories about all the seasons of the mountains in your future blog posts. And uh, for the reference of our listeners, we will include links to Saurabh's blog and his wonderful treks that he's done with his friends in the show notes section of the podcast. So you can head there and read more about his wonderful adventures and stories. So, Sarab, now that we have the basics laid out, what we usually do with the podcast, with the Musafir stories, is that whenever we have a guest traveler come speak with us, we request them to take us and our listeners on a journey And uh, cover all the aspects and share all the experiences that the guest has had during the course of that journey. Everything from uh, how one gets there, uh, how they went about the planning, things to see, things to do, all the activities, the kind of brush you had with the people there, the experiences with the culture or the food. Everything from A to Z about that place and about that journey. So with that in mind, where are you taking us and our listeners to today?
1: So I'll be taking our listeners to the port of Harihar, located in the upper Vaitarna range.
0: Okay. And
1: we'll be covering the trek uh, as we had attempted in the December of 2016, mm-hmm. all the way from Mumbai and uh, to Harihar and back in the space of a day.
0: Excellent. So this is a day trek that Sarab has done. And I was really excited when um, we spoke about this uh, or uh, when we conversed with sarab about this the first time given the sheer um, gravity defying trek if i may put it that way uh, because yes, i just is. yeah just give our listeners a little bit of a background in that sense because uh, this is not uh, your average trek right sarab it's uh, very different and very unique in that sense so uh, give us a little bit of a background about what is special about harrier fort and um, the history attached to this as well as like the uniqueness in terms of the uh, inclined and everything
1: Absolutely. Actually, if anybody does Google Harihar, the first image that springs up is the oh, a vertigo-inducing staircase. <laughs> That's nearly vertical. as It actually is. And that was the thing that attracted me to uh, Harihar in the first place. Harihar is actually a fort in the upper Vaidana range. Right. And uh, I'm not too sure, but according to what I have read, it was built during the uh, Yadavas of Devagiri dynasty which, uh, which stretched from 800 AD to 1300 AD so we are looking at an 800 to 1000 year old fort wow. okay. and it has quite a lot of history attached to it and that is partly due to its uh, peculiar location we'll touch upon that in a while okay. so it has actually changed a lot of hands over the years from the Yadavas to the Mughals to Marathas and eventually to the British. Right. And the reason for its famed uh, uh, history and importance is that it overlooks a very traditionally important route between Gujarat and Maharashtra. It uh, was a trade route. Uh, That was the basic reason behind uh, building it in the first place. Because whoever controls the forts, the passes, and stuff controls the region. That is how the dynasties came to uh, value the fort. And that is how people tried to conquer it in the first place.
0: So wonderful. That's some history. So I just was curious as to who you went on this trek with.
1: Uh, actually, we have, I've been trekking with my friends uh, ever since I started trekking, and that's how I prefer it. And uh, this trek especially was planned with close friends of mine, okay. uh, who are the ones who regularly go on treks with me. So there were six other people beside me.
0: Okay, so this is like a big-ish group. So <laughs> I'm sure you had a lot of fun, and um, I can't wait to hear all the lovely stories that you guys experienced on this trek. Uh, what time of the year did you say you decided to travel?
1: Uh, we actually uh, traveled in during December of 2016. So that comes as winter uh, winter in the Indian uh, subcontinent. If somebody is planning to visit earlier, it can actually be done all year round. Uh, monsoon is actually a very good time to visit sure. if one is an experienced trekker because the uh, steepness and the challenges of the fort actually increase manifold during the monsoon season because it's windy and it's rainy. And so you are dealing with a lot more factors which can affect your
0: safety. Absolutely. Uh, One has to note take note of that. Lovely. Now that you've given us a little bit of a background on this, why don't you go on and tell us a little bit more about the point when we have gotten to like the day of the trek or just the day before the trek. What does one need to kind of say prepare in terms of fitness or the level of the trek? Uh, how, How difficult is this trek?
1: It is actually graded as moderately difficult for people who have been trekking regularly and at the ultra experience people do actually find it easy because it's not much of a distance to cover or even the elevation gain. Uh, So it comes as a moderate grade trek Mm -hmm. because it it happens over a distance of three and a half kilometers. So it's not like very steep except for the staircase path. There are no technical sections as such. So you, you don't really need to carry ropes or any other technical gear. You just need to have a good backpack if you are going in the monsoon then a poncho would do good or a raincoat and a good pair of trekking shoes will be all that you need to go on a trek
0: okay i think now we have most of the preparation and uh, the planning in the background about the trek done so take us take us and our listeners with you and uh, take us through this journey right from the day you headed off to the trek and your ascent all the way to the top of the fort and back take us with you sarah
1: sure we'll do that as I said, we had figured that we should be doing this trek on a weekday, and since we were looking at the fact of December, when everybody has already uh, planned their New Year, the space between Christmas and New Year, uh-huh. so we had a very small window uh, to fit the trek into. Now the thing is that we, the nine other people who we who were planning to go on the trek, had decided that we'll go on a Tuesday. Okay. Uh, but somehow one person, that's a Shahzul, uh-huh. who really wanted to come on the trek and even we wanted him to be on the trek because he's a lot of fun on the treks. <laughs> okay. So he, he was visiting his hometown, which happens to be Kankavli in the Konkan belt of Maharashtra. Okay. And he had some work and he was not going to be able to travel before Monday. Mm. So we were thinking of going on a trek on Tuesday, and Shadul was going to start uh, the evening before. Uh-huh. Uh, the, our journey was such that we were going to start from CST, pass through Thane, Kalyan, Kasara, and then from Kasara, we were going to take a deep to the base village, which happens to be near Pada. Okay. And from then we will going to ascend to Harir Mm -hmm. and the return journey was going to be similar. Okay. Now it so happens that the first common station on the Kankavali CST and CST Kasara route is Thane and our train was going to reach local train that we were planning to take was going to reach Thane at around 6 a.m. and the only train which Shardul could take so that he could hop onto the local train was uh-huh. the Kunkan Rajarani Express from from the Konkan region? So the evening before we got to know we got to know that the trains were running a little late, and then we started thinking about alternate plans what we could do to reach Kasara as early as possible in case we happen to miss the first train. Okay. So we stayed up the night, kept a tab on the running sets of the train, and thankfully the train did cover up the delay, passed Rajarani, and reached Thane on time. Okay. And uh, <laughs> just then the first person of our group who starts the furthest which happens to be Anupama started okay. from CST okay. and and then we met at Thane and boarded on the local train and that's how our trek actually began.
0: Okay so even before uh, the trek began there is a happy ending or uh, a happy beginning if I <laughs> if I could say. A crazy
1: happy beginning <laughs> if I could put it that way.
0: Absolutely I was wondering if it'll turn out to be uh, like a nightmare uh, reminds me of the movie oh, okay. job Jab we met right where she <laughs> keeps missing trains and all of that uh, so
1: yeah. <laughs> actually yes i i think if i had dozed off that night i would have actually got nightmares of missing that train <laughs> so it, it would have been very close to that movie yes
0: that's wonderful so now you guys are all united or reunited if i may yes and uh, yes. now you're ready to make your journey onwards towards kasara you said
1: Yes, absolutely. We were ready to rock and roll, and then we were stuffing our mouths
0: because, <laughs> as you
1: because as you know, we were starting very early. And that have that one of the trade off that of starting very early is that you don't have the time to have a proper breakfast. Right. So we used the ultra long train journey. It uh, it takes about two and a half hours to travel from CST to Kasara. Oh, okay. So we used that journey to have a breakfast in the train, uh-huh. and we reached Kasara at daybreak. That was about seven thirty. Okay. And our plan route was said that we were going to take shared jeeps from Kasara to Kodala and from Kodala to Nirgudpara. Okay. That was our plan. So mm-hmm. when we came out of the station, we started looking for uh, sharing jeeps to uh-huh. take us to Kodala. And from then, we were planning to go on to Nirgudpada. Okay. And
0: Was there a twist here or uh, everything plenty. planned?
1: Plenty. <laughs> Plenty. Okay. Uh, this, this trip is actually memorable for all the things that did not go to, according to the plan.
0: <laughs> I, I really can't say for all the wrong reasons, but uh, it looks like all the fun reasons.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They were. So what happened is, like we, uh, we came out of the station and all the cabbies started hounding us. The, mm. As I said, Kasara, Igatpuri and these are the main transport hubs. So you get a lot of cabbies standing there trying to woo passengers into their cab for taking them into various destinations. Sure. So we, as soon as we stepped out on the station, we got started getting hounded by the cabbies for Nashik, but we were looking for a cheap to Kodala, okay. and that's when a certain cabby approached us, and he asked us where do we want to go, and we told him that we wanted to Kodala, and he said like from Kodala where, where on to, uh-huh. and we told him we plan to trek to Harihar. Okay. and for that we need to reach Negropada. Right. now it so happens that I'm talking about the 2016 rates from what I had researched and what I found out mm. like it takes you 50, 50 rupees per seat to reach Kodala from Kasara and again from Kodala to Negrupada it takes you another 50 rupees so we are looking okay. at a 200 rupee round trip okay so we told him that, and he said, okay, fine, how many people are you? And we told him that we were with seven people, because two people could not make it to the trip. Right. So he said, okay, fine, I have an Omni, and you can hop onto it, and I'll charge you a lump sum amount of 2,000 rupees for the round trip. Okay. And then we did, uh, spoke amongst ourselves and decided, okay, fine. So there are transport issues at Nehgur Pada for returning. Okay. Because uh, it's, a, it's a very nondescript village of the region. Okay. So what happened that after a certain point of the day, you do not get transport to reach Kasara or Igarpuri or any other place. Right. So when he said that he'll charge us 2,000 rupees, we figured out that like paying 85 rupees extra on top of that was not a bad idea. if We had a confirmed ride right back. Right. So we were like, fine, absolutely. We'll take you on for it. And he said, hop on.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, and that's how we started from Kasara. Okay. So uh, before starting the journey, he was like, we were starting, uh, planning to sit in the Omni and he was talking to another cabin in hushed tones. So that is when I like, like that that Bollywood thing is that it started like reading its head up, like, OK, <laughs> fine, guys. maybe there's something fishy going on here. And so I switched on Google Maps and decided to keep a tab on the route that he was taking. Okay. <laughs> and uh, since everybody was hungry, we told him that uh, maybe if you could uh, if you could stop on the en route to have a quick bite, it would be great. And he said, absolutely. Okay. So we start from Kasara at 8 a.m. Uh, he's uh, traveling at a good speed. And about 10 minutes into the ride, we are taking the highway. And suddenly, he veers onto to the left and takes a Kacharo. road. And uh, before, like, we could... Think what is happening and stuff. We see a dhaba, and then we like the hungry people that we are. Uh-huh. We we decided, okay, fine, he's taking us to the dhaba. So everybody's like smiling and stuff. And then he zooms past the dhaba, <laughs> okay. uh, and then we are thinking, what is he up to? And he's like, it happens in the movies. Like he, he's traveling at a great speed and suddenly he breaks, brings it to a grinding uh-huh. halt, okay. right behind a dilapidated structure. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he, he parks us behind a dilapidated structure and looks back at us and says, wait, I'll be back in a minute. Opens the door and runs off through that dilapidated structure. And then we are like, <laughs> What is happening?
0: Yeah, especially especially given your ride, right? You uh, did you mention that you were taking an Omni Maruti Omni? Omni, oh, absolutely. That it
1: has a very great reputation for being the kidnapping car of Bollywood.
0: Yeah. absolutely. That's where that's where I was getting to.
1: Official yeah. kidnapping car of Bollywood. Yes. <laughs>
0: Absolutely absolutely. So go on like a few nail-biting moments there and uh, what what came out of it? Uh
1: so we were thinking like well, he did not tell us why he had parked and all we we looked around and we all we could see was like a field on our uh-huh. left and mountains beyond not a soul inside on our right was that dilapidated structure and we could not see we were essentially shielded from the highway as well. Okay. So we started thinking what is happening? And so I thought that, okay, fine, maybe we should go into that defense kind of shell. <laughs> and so I brought out my kara. Kara oh, is basically the holy bracelet, holy solid steel bracelet of the six.
0: Sure. Yeah, I've seen that.
1: And so me and Manish, we walk out of the car and into the dilapidated structure. Uh-huh. And as we walk into it and the and everything that is wrong starts creeping up into my head because I see like mossy walls, uh. Piles of furniture at one end of the room. It's a dingy room. No, no lighting. Any, any such thing. Okay. It's like, shit. This thing's might. <laughs> this might be a bad thing. And then me and Manisha looking at each other, and then we can't find Melinba. Melinba was the name of the cabbie. Okay, okay. Uh, we have no sight of Melindbhav. We can see the dhaba uh, across, the, across the structure. Uh-huh. And then we decide that we should go back to the cab and decide what to do next. Uh-huh. So we walk back to the cab and everybody's come out and they're wondering what on earth is happening over here. Uh-huh. And just then, Melindbhav huffing and puffing running all the way from the dhaba clutching a few notes in his hand okay. and uh, he saw our uh, faces and it might have struck him that okay fine these people are thinking, fearing the worst so as soon as he approaches the car he's like, like it's a gas barajaya he's a Maharashtrian.
0: Okay. so
1: he says gas barajaya which is basically I uh, would fuel the car ah, and uh, okay. saying that yeah and he's saying <laughs> that he rushes to the back of the car and opens the DK and we, uh, at this point of time we are still not trusting him because no, no. like who does this like actually <laughs> I, at least stand for a minute and tell us what's happening Happening.
0: Right. Yeah, it uh, really sounds like a madhouse at this point, but I'm just glad that everything is ending um, on a happy note.
1: Yeah, it is. At that point of time, you we were very relieved, laughing at our <laughs> foolishness and decided maybe let Belin carry uh, carry on with his refueling and go grab a bite in the daba.
0: Awesome. <laughs> I'm really glad and... Uh, the suspense ended well, so that's a good thing. So now, after having a quick bite, how far away are we from um, uh, Nirgutpara? did you say? Was the name of the base village? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, that's para and we were about like 40 kilometers from the Nirgutpara. but the rest of the journey was uneventful. Once we started uh, back from the dhaba For a change. we covered the... Uh, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. So we covered the rest of the journey in quick time, and we were at... at, at 10 a.m. we were right at the base village looking at the mighty fort that is Harihar.
0: Awesome. So uh, give us a little bit of a description as to what you see when you get there. Like, um, Are there mountains all around or this is uh, like a solitary mountain fort that you're looking at? How no, is the view just, around?
1: So Harihar is not a solitary mountain as such. It is located in the upper Vaitarna range or also known as the Trimbakeshwar range. Right. So uh, it is actually a cluster of mountains running in the, the east-west direction. Uh-huh. So the first mountain that you uh, that you see while reaching Neelgund Para happens to be utward It's a mountain okay. followed by another fort which is Baskargarh or mm-hmm. also known as Baskar. Okay. Passing that, you reach Near Pada and standing in front of you is the mighty fort known as Harihar. Sure. Uh, there's a straight cliff. As soon as you reach Harihar, what strikes you is the almost straight cliff of Harihar that, uh, that is like bang opposite Nirgudh mm. And it is famous too. Uh, actually, in 1986, the famous mountaineer, Douglas Scott, uh-huh. climbed it. Okay. So in 1986, he climbed it. And after his name, it started becoming known as the Scottish Kada. Okay. Kada is basically a cliff in Marathi. Okay. So once uh, you reach Nirgunpara, you see called Scottish Kada. Mm-hmm. And if you turn around, you see a plethora of other mountains. You have Brahma Hill, Kapada Hill, and then you have uh, uh, Brahmagiri Bandar Durg, mm-hmm. and there's Satsha Hill. There are plenty of mountains and okay. plenty of other places to visit as well. So yeah, you stand in Nirgunpara and you're surrounded by mountains and all and it's a blissful sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we started from Nergulpara and passed Kotambadi which happens to be a hamlet a little further of Nergulpara, mm-hmm. and then we started our scenic walk through the paddy fields. It takes about like a kilometer, that's about 15 minutes of walking before the actual uphill trail starts. Okay, okay. The uh, rest of the part until the Harihar Fort steps is not that uh, long. We reached at around 12:30, I guess. We were uh, looking at Harihar Fort head-on. Okay. And the famous staircase as well. Yeah. Now it so happens that I'll like to touch on why this staircase is actually so famous. Mm-hmm. Now, when the when the forts were being acceded to the British Empire back in the uh, 18th century
0: right.
1: and the 19th century, uh, one one strategy that the British employed to make sure that the forts were not again used against them mm-hmm. was to destroy the entrances of the fort. So okay. that is how a lot of the forts in your in your Sayyadri belt do not have proper entrances because the British did what the British did was destroy the main entrances to the fort so nobody else can take control of the fort and control the region after that Mm -hmm. so uh, Captain Briggs was the officer of the British army who was in charge of destroying the entrance to Harriot Fort. Okay. But legend has it, and it has he has actually left a very detailed account of this, mm-hmm. when he went there along with his troop to destroy the entrance of the fort, he actually got so awestruck by the beauty of it, mm. The you have like 60, 61 meters of almost straight staircase, rock-cut staircase, beautifully carved into the mountain, oh. that he, he decided that he would not he would not destroy it at any cost and wow. so he orders it two bags and that is how we have the beautiful sight greeting us today
0: wow yeah that's some story right uh, as as you mentioned uh, these steps that are at almost an incline of what
1: 80, 80 degrees yes uh, see, uh, various accounts put it at 60 to 80 degrees but I'll say it is closer to 80 degrees least that, that is what it feels like while you're climbing or descending
0: right <laughs> so, so it's almost like you're uh, climbing on a vertical ladder literally and given that uh, these are rock cut steps especially during the monsoons and all it's uh, really an adventure itself right
1: it is because you're looking at uh, steps of like two feet high yeah. and then you have a valley, a valley behind you and almost vertical steps. It gives you an adrenaline rush like Absolutely. nothing else.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, take us with you. Uh, how long did it take for you guys to conquer these steps and uh, reach to your first pit stop?
1: it actually depends on the person as a very fit person i have seen uh, i have seen videos of like people to who uh, do trekking regularly uh-huh. climb up these steps in 2 minutes literally 2 minutes uh-huh. and if some person is Struggling with vertigo, or if somebody is acrophobic, has a fear of heights, and it will take him a good 15 minutes to climb the steps. But it's about 200 feet of steps. It should take any fit person who does not have fear of heights, uh, at the most five to seven minutes to climb, and that is what it took us. And the other thing is that when you're doing this, you are actually coming to the fort for experiencing the staircase. It does not make sense to rush through it. You should take in the experience. It is not every day that you will be hanging mid uh, 100 feet from your closest ground. and looking back and viewing fair mountains all around you
0: absolutely so absolutely. that is
1: one thing that attracted us and it is a uh, experience to remember as well
0: sure uh, once at the end of these five to seven or ten minute uh, climb uh, what's the first point you reach Sarabh?
1: Uh that happens to be the madarvaza it's been recently painted it's a semicircular semicircular door okay. to the fort it's called as madarvaja okay so once you climb the steps, uh, you are looking at the Mahadharwaza, and on the on your left is the Harshavadi. Mm. And if you turn and look out from the Mahadharwaza, you're looking at uh, the three hills in front of you, which is Funny Dongar, okay. uttward Mountain, and the Basgur Mountain.
0: Wow, that must have been some sight, right?
1: Yeah, it is actually uh, very few sights compared to that, because you have a very beautiful frame in front of you. You have a doe in front of you, and if you see through it, you have three mountains adorning the range. Very few sights compared to that.
0: Lovely, lovely. So how are all of you doing at this point in terms of, uh, say, fitness or uh, even in terms of uh, just the general mood of the group? How is it?
1: It was ecstatic. We were all ecstatic because there was this adrenaline rush of uh, going through the steps. And then again, it was not a very long trek. We had barely covered about three kilometers. And we are usually habituated to covering a good distance during a regular trek. The longest that we have done in a day is 28 kilometers. Three kilometers was a very, what do you say, easy trek for most of the people of the group. Okay. So we were very happy physically in a good condition and uh, you, uh, as soon as a Bahadur baza, uh-huh. you're looking at a passage carved out of Shiro, your left. And uh, this very cool breeze flowing uh, through the passage and then you are like hungry. And then we decided, because <laughs> it was a weekday, there, there were not many people. So we had almost the entire food to us. And so we decided why not have food, or, or food there? And there. Okay. And that's how we had lunch in the passage overlooking beautiful mountains at one pm.
0: <laughs> Lovely. And then just to um, kind of call that out, uh, is it preferable that one carries his or her own food, or uh, yes. is this something uh, that's available before you start off?
1: It's preferable that you carry your own food. The one thing that you'll have to take care about is there are monkeys on the mountain, so you should uh, ideally take your own food along. But in case you are, you don't have. Your own food. There are several several shacks uh, selling them uh-huh. before the staircase. So even if you do not, know if it's an impromptu or something like that, you can actually take uh, buy bottled water or food from there as well. But if you have been planning this beforehand, it's very it's uh, preferable that you carry your own food along.
0: So now that you have had uh, lunch with a beautiful view, I'm sure, and um, in the in the middle of the sky, as you said, uh, hanging hanging <laughs> in the air, uh, what do you what did you guys do next? Like, uh, is there more to the fort? Like, tell us what you're seeing around you.
1: Plenty more. Plenty more. Uh, This is is the first part. You have the feet of stairs and then you have the helical staircase. Almost as steep as the first one. But actually overlooking the valley with no support as such. So you have one point where you are actually turning back 180 degrees with a sheer drop of 500 feet on your left and a narrow staircase on your right.
0: Okay, so there's so that the... is one
1: other, another point of interest for someone looking for a natural in rush.
0: Now I was going to say that uh, looks like the drama is still ahead, right? <laughs>
1: Yes, there is. So we uh, it's a beautiful fort. It's very beautifully constructed. And if you think about it in terms of military, military point of view, there have been plenty of trap Because uh, uh, Captain Briggs in his account said that as, uh, it's such an impregnable fort that only five people can hold it against wow. an entire army. Because as soon as you pass through the helical steps, you have to pass through another trapdoor. A trapdoor is basically a four by four feet of gap through which you have to pass. So even if you have a thousand strong army, the most that can pass through it is one person at a time. Right, right. And when you have one person at a time passing through it, it actually renders your entire army useless. Yeah. And uh, even passing through that trapdoor is an uh, acrobatic, acrobatic activity in itself because uh-huh. you have to maneuver around the steps and then climb out of the trapdoor. And then you reach the second entrance of the fort and now you are officially on the plateau of the fort harihar
0: lovely and uh, it does it does give you that sense of going back in time right and uh, thinking about how people uh, thought or uh, the thought process right while designing and while constructing forts and uh, it is so complex you might think that it's just going to be a simple construction but it's so complex right the thinking
1: Yes, actually, they have thought about everything. Uh, Even even after designing such an impregnable fort, they had thought of a way to escape in case they do uh, suffer defeat at the hands of the enemy. So after you pass the second door, in front of you is a narrow rocker passage. Mm. And if you look closely, you'll see steps in it as well. Now, what you're looking at is the Chor Darwaza, the, pa- the secret passageway to escape from the fort in case of an army uh, army invading the fort. Unfortunately, due to the exposed nature of the Chor Darwaza, it was most of the times the Chor Darwaza was such that they were leading straight into the valleys. Mm. So, uh, coupled with the peculiar location of the Hariyar Fort, Windy over there, right. uh, and the location of the Chor Darwaza, the lower part of the Chor Darwaza has been blown away by the winds so you only have the upper part of the chow was in front of you but it's a beautiful sight mm. and it gives you gives you an idea about the kind of thought that they gave to constructing the forts back in the days
0: absolutely and it uh, really like brings out your imagination right <laughs> and especially tied with your background of reading books and stories and uh, tie that to this uh, beautifully constructed fort with the trap doors and the escape doors and everything uh, i think it must have been like a <laughs> proper mix of adventure
1: yeah actually it gives you imagination of flight uh, seeing all these things unfolding in front of your eyes the trapdoor, the secret passageways the carefully constructed doors and stuff and water systems contingency plans it's a fantasy land for someone like me <laughs> or even someone someone who's has an inclination for the history
0: absolutely absolutely so lovely now that you've um, passed through this section of the fort with the trap second. door and the escape door and yeah the second uh flight of stairs right so where does this lead you to
1: right leads you on to the hanuman mandir hanuman okay. mandir and the pond okay. and a pond what you have here is you first you come across the hanuman mandir on mm-hmm. its right is a shivling a shivling is basically a holy representation of the god shiva right and behind it is a beautiful square pond, which you can descend into, but not is actually advised, because there have been a lot of untoward incidents recently. People who don't know swimming entering and then round stuff. So it's usually not advised to enter it. But it's a beautiful sight. You mm-hmm. have the pond, and you have the Brahma Hill on your left. Okay. So you have the pond and the hill adorning the view, and it's a beautiful sight. Okay. And on your right, if you see, you have the peak of Harihar with the flag flying in the wind.
0: Okay. So, uh, if you have to draw this out for the listeners, what we have, uh, basically done is we have, we have gone up that, the, the two flights of vertical stairs and we have reached, uh, the part of the hill, if I may, that's more of a plateau on which there's this, the Hanuman Mandir and Hanuman the... Hanuman Mandir,
1: Hanuman Temple. So we are looking at the Haruman temple and the pond behind it, and on our right is the peak of Harihar. Now, okay. if uh, somebody is some want uh, wants to explore the fort, they can actually pass the pond, and there's a trail leading to the only structure remaining from the olden days, which happens to be the koti. Okay. Uh, koti is basically a storage room. Uh, some places, uh, some accounts refer to it as the palace as well, but I doubt it is a palace because it was uh, basically a military stronghold. It's okay. a beautiful structure, beautiful square rectangular structure, and it has a partition in the middle of it.
0: Mm-hmm. So more like a garrison, well, probably right?
1: Garrison, yes, yeah. uh, used for storing ammunition back in the days. Okay. So okay. you you can enter it through a very small window. It's clean right now, as far as I know. Uh, at least was when I visited. It's a different experience to be in the claustrophobic if somebody is, like, not used to small places. Uh But the people who have been trekking regularly are used to, like, walking into the caves and stuff. They'll enjoy it. It's a a different experience, the life entering through the window and uh, the small space. But it's beautifully constructed from the inside. So you can visit that, come back out again. And there are a few more ponds, water systems, actually, beyond the cotay. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you reach the western end of the fort, you can see uh, the rest of the upper Vaithana range in front of you.
0: Okay. And then, uh, so uh, how, how much right. more higher are we talking about?
1: Five minutes. Five minutes okay. at the post. But okay. once, you, once you are at the western fort, you turn back round and take the other trail which leads you to the peak of the fort. It's a five minute trail and as soon as you are the, uh, there's a rock patch before you reach the highest point of the hill so you're standing at the ro- standing at the base of the rock patch there are two very simple patches of about 5 and 5 to 6 feet uh-huh. anybody can do it with no experience of rock climbing mm. pass them and bingo you are on the top of the fort enjoying a panoramic view of the surroundings
0: lovely tell us tell us i mean uh, you you probably made it really quickly there given the experience you guys already have with trekking but uh, how's the how's the view there and how's the feeling i mean finally accomplishing something that you had come for reaching the top of the fort
1: it was lovely actually whatever whatever you do the lure of summits is something that can be put into words so like uh-huh. standing on top of the place and seeing everything you is a different experience altogether sure. and standing there even in the afternoon sun we were so happy that we did not give a damn about the afternoon heat bearing down on us <laughs> and all we could see was beautiful panoramic views the, the dam on the southern side, the beautiful surroundings. We could actually see the both the base villages of the fort at that point of time, the Harshebadi as well as Neerbudi Pada. Oh, okay. And there's the saffron flag, which is uh, it's called the Bhagwa Bhagwa Jhenda in Marathi. Okay. It is it is a symbol of the Maratha Empire. It is placed on the top of the forts as a pay, way of paying homage to the warrior king of Marathas, Shivaji Maharaj. Mm. So it flies high on the fort, and it's symbolic of the peak. So you have the fort. next Next to you and you're watching the surrounding and it's a peculiar feeling it's a beautiful feeling after uh, trekking and taking the pains to conquer the fort. Not conquer the fort, climb the fort. I prefer saying climbing the fort because you don't conquer a mountain. The, the mountain lets you climb it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's uh, I think very nicely put. So how much time did you guys spend there?
1: Uh, We spent about half an hour on the top. Since we were going on a weekday, we had four to ourselves, except a couple of other groups, and it was a beautiful feeling. And then looking at the time, we decided it's time to move on and uh, start our descent.
0: Yeah, because you already have that uh, deadline of 5 p.m. by which you have to get back, right? So, uh, you are kind of uh, running against time. So, um, how about the descent? I know you're going back through the same route and all of that, but uh, descent compared to the ascent is a challenge in itself, right? Especially when you are looking at a a vertical flight of stairs that's almost like 90 degrees. I mean, you didn't travel there in monsoon, but it like throws up its own challenges, Right.
1: It is. descents are always more challenging than the ascent Cause Ascending, you are not actually looking back at the exposure. Then again, your body is fresher and then have something uh, looming on your head like the deadline that we had. Sure. So we started down from the peak of the fort mm-hmm. and uh, another nightmare of ours, uh-huh. jam on the stairs. We actually avoiding the weekends happened there.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, you planned it on a weekday, so uh, you still ran into a jam?
1: Yes, we did. Unfortunately, <laughs> as I said, this is a trek where almost nothing went to plan, but it's still a memorable one. Uh-huh. So what happened is when we were climbing on the, uh, climbing uh, the fort, we had spoken with a few of the locals and they told, uh, not many people visit the fort on weekdays, but today there was a group of 50 kids who were climbing the fort, who had okay. climbed before us. And oh. as soon as we reached the stairs, we saw the whole 50p 50, 50 strong group descending very, very, very slowly along the stairs. And now we are looking at a possible jam and our worst nightmare. Oh,
0: oh my god uh, this, this throws me back a little bit and uh, now you're saying that there's a group of kids that's also on the sport uh, how, how old are these kids and uh, it's a group of 50 you say so were they on a school trip or something what was this?
1: Uh, they were actually in a summer camp and there were 50 kids and because uh, this was such a large group we could not see who was leading them but we could speak with the real and who happened to be a very veteran mountaineer.
0: Okay.
1: He had climbed I AMK and led a number of treks, and he was head of the group who had brought them yeah. They were part of uh, part of a summer camp, and uh, it was a group called Trek uh, Get Out, if I remember right. Okay. Get Out.
0: Yes. Okay, uh, that's very very heartwarming to hear as well. It's uh, <laughs> it's good that because uh, these days uh, the, the kids I see, like especially the kids of cousins or whoever, they're always in front of iPads and all of that. It's good that some of them are going outdoors and uh, exploring this part of uh, nature, right? It's a good thing that yes. kids are taking to outdoors.
1: Certainly. And especially when you are doing it under the watchful eyes of somebody who's experienced enough to lead them onto it and with the safety precautions, it's a, it's a very heartening heartening sight to see because you have kids being introduced to the nature at an early age and then you, they can experience the joys that you have in the world apart from the electronic toys as well. <laughs> and it was a very beautiful sight. But at that point of time, with did not give it a thought because <laughs> all we could see was people descending very slowly.
0: Yeah, and uh, you were running against the 5 p.m. deadline, remember? So how did you guys deal with that?
1: Actually, we were descending very slowly and we struck up a conversation with the red the veteran uh-huh. mountain. We told him that we were aiming to go back by the local train and there was a pickup arranged for us for at 5 p.m. near Nirgupada. Uh-huh. And he said that, okay, fine, one I'll let you guys pass through the passage before the rest of the kids descend the first pair of stairs the 200 feet long stairs
0: okay
1: so we will uh, we thanked him and uh, it took us about 15 20 minutes to descend the second uh, helical pair of stairs which had taken us barely like eight to ten minutes to climb right. it took right. us 15 to 20 minutes right. and once in the passage he asked the uh, front leader of the group to uh, make the kids gather into the passage and let us pass by it was a very kind gesture on his part and we thanked him for it and started descending
0: Absolutely. It looks like uh, somebody really level-headed because it might easily have uh, cost you a lot of time there right had you followed we
1: actually look, we were actually looking at a, uh, an are at least descending the stairs if we had uh, stuck behind the group so it was very kind of him and considerate of him but that is another thing of trekking in the Sayadris at least I do not have experience trekking in other ranges but one thing that I have seen about trekkers in the Sayadri is that they are always ready to help each other out so very uh, looking out for each other kind of yeah. uh, experience that you have on yeah. the treks uh, the camaraderie right yeah and it leaves you with a very good feeling that yes there is somebody who actually known to you a complete stranger who's going out of your way to do something for you beautiful experience it's a good thing
0: of helping each other out and watching for each other
1: yes absolutely
0: <sighs> that's been one exhilarating experience i think um, more so because it's been a day trip right so you've been literally in the middle of the action the whole while and uh, I'm sure given that it was with a group of friends, it would be uh, even more special and uh, more enjoyable. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, taking us around this um, beautiful trail, uh, which is, I would say, not as popularly known outside of the uh, Mumbai or the Maharashtra circuit, I would say. So thank you for uh, showing that to us. But uh, um, any, any more experiences you had around the place or uh, that are available around this place? Points of
1: interest, yes, absolutely. There uh-huh. happens to be there, there happens to be uh, quite a few of them. You have Trimbakeshwar, which is one of the 12 Jyotir links of India. Uh-huh. Jyotir links is again a kind of sacred representation of God Shiva. So uh-huh. you have 12 Jyotir links all over India. Uh, Trimbakeshwar is one of them. It's fairly direct, like, uh, a few kilometers from Harihar. Uh-huh. You have Trimbakeshwar, then you have another holy place known as Anjaneri. Anjaneri is considered as the birthplace of Lord Hanuman. Okay. Then you have uh, Brahma Hill. Brahma Hill is the source of the river Godavari. I'm not too sure, but I uh, I have read it somewhere that it is the source of Godavari. At least the Trimbakeshwar region is. So if somebody is looking for a multi-day itinerary, mm-hmm. from a trekking point of view, they can certainly do it. They can cover Utaskar or Bhaskargarh, Harihar, then go on to do Brahmagiri, Geri, and end with Anjaneri. That's just a six-port uh, trek which should take any uh, any fit trek about three days. And uh, otherwise, if somebody is looking for a tourist, what they say, touristy itinerary, uh-huh. you can Trimbakeshwar, Brahmagiri, and Anjaneri. All the places have proper prayer cement-taped steps to take them on to the places of interest. So yes, you're actually looking at. Uh, A 3 day itinerary for someone who's going there to visit the holy places and you can actually find accommodation as well near these three places because they are popular with the spiritual people so you have very well looked after accommodation places nearby.
0: Lovely I think as you said though you guys did like a day trip of sorts uh, for somebody uh, for someone who is considering like a religious trail or even a four-hopping trail, if I may, right? This, I think, serves as a perfect destination or a a perfect Yes, absolutely. Lovely. So, thank you for taking us through this wonderful experience and taking us back in time to this lesser-explored gem of Maharashtra that has changed hands between so many dynasties, uh, right from the Yadavas, like you said, to uh, the Marathas, the Mughals, the British... Uh, so something of that sort of historical significance, right? And it stands tall to tell a tale or two. So thank you so much for uh, taking us on this wonderful journey and sharing all of your experiences from that journey. We wish you all the best in your uh, treks and trails. And we look thank forward to reading more of your work from A Season of Mountains. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks a lot, Seth. It's been a pleasure talking to you and I look forward to listening to more stories on your podcast as well.
0: Thank you so much, Sarah. That was yet another great episode of The Wasafra Stories. If you guys like the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Audioboom, Savan, Pocket Casts, CastBox, Stitcher or any other podcasting app available on iOS or Android. Please do leave us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way in the show's discoverability. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. We go by the handle the Massaffer Stories. Or if it suits you, you could email us at stories at gmail.com or visit our website at ww.themassafrostories.com for more information. All of these links will be made available in the show notes section of each episode. So here's to more traveling, sharing and inspiring. Stay tuned for our next episode. Until then. Happy travels, and goodbye! Goodbye.